All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie, figure out what other movies inspired it. And uh, I don't know if you guys missed us last week. I mean, we did have a mini episode, but we didn't have a regular episode because, well, things happen. But we are back with a new episode, hopefully one of two for this week. Uh, we should be recording one on Mandy, actually, uh, tomorrow. And so as long as that goes off, we'll be uh, getting that one up on Friday. But today we are talking about, well, let's uh, get into some other stuff before we get to the movie. Uh, as usual, I want to remind you all, please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And uh, based on the numbers, you guys are subscribing because uh, every new episode, even that many, I didn't expect, uh, I figured, you know, I don't know, I just assume people just download the ones they want to listen to, but the downloads are going up on the mini, so clearly you guys are subscribed. So I want to thank you all for that, seriously. Um, if you're enjoying the show, you can rate and review us on iTunes, which would be awesome. And it would be also awesome if you just got in touch and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, we want to know your thoughts on the format of the show, uh, what you like, what you don't like. Specifically about the episodes, uh, you can let us know if we left out any puzzle pieces or if you think we're ridiculous in some of the puzzle pieces that we uh, mention and discuss on the show. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. You can also join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And uh, that that's pretty much, you know, the whole opening spiel that I have to do on every episode. So why don't we just get to it? Today we are talking about The Predator, which is a sequel to the classic alien monster, whatever you want to call it, movie. Uh, originally the Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s. Uh, a sequel that wasn't quite as good in the, uh, was it early 90s or late 80s? Yeah, I think early 90s. Um, and then those awful Aliens vs. Predator movies, followed by a pretty good follow-up, Predators from Robert Rodriguez. And now the reins have been handed to one of the co-stars from the original Predator, Shane Black, who, as most of you who listen, who know me, know... I love Shane Black. He is one of my favorite writers, favorite... Uh, the Nice Guys is one of my favorite movies of the last decade. I love Shane Black. So, despite thinking this was a very strange choice for him, I was really looking forward to this movie. As you'll hear as we get into the conversation, eh, it's a little mix, but um, we're going to get into it. Me and returning co-host Ryan Darty. Let's get to it. So it's been a while, but Ryan Darty is back on the show. Ryan, how are you doing, man? Hey, hey, hey. Not too bad. Ready to talk about this movie. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a movie that I think a lot of people would think we're crazy for even bothering with, but I think there's a lot of fun things to talk about with it, <laughs> and uh, I think you even liked it a little more than me. But uh, I think I did, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, before we even, like, jump into our puzzle pieces, I was doing a little research today. Uh, I, I wanted to, like, kind of refresh my memory on the whole yeah. Predator series a little bit, and also just this specific movie, because I, I, I literally watched eight movies that weekend, <laughs> and so it's, like, kind of a little blurry, but, um, so I wanted to, like, refresh my memory, and as I'm, like, 
going through some reviews of this particular movie and like remembering scenes and moments and stuff. I'm like, yeah. God damn it, this movie is ridiculous, like in a fun, good way. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so ridiculous. And I'm sure that's not what Predator fans want, but sure. um, it, it it's what it is, you know? So I think that actually ties in. We should probably get this off right off the bat. Like, you don't have any nostalgia for the for the uh, Predator franchise, right? Like you, Not, you... not really. I, I think I always thought it was a cool character, but I think I only saw, like, the first two Predators, like, one time each, you know? Yeah, I like, just, like I, I, I think cool, I saw, but... like, the first half of Predator 1, like, when I was, like, 15 or something, and I don't think I've seen it since. I have, unfortunately, seen both Alien versus Predators, <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah, I haven't seen uh, Predator 2 or um, uh, the Robert Rodriguez one, which I, I am told I gotta see one of these days. Yeah, that was so. actually pretty good, um, but, again, I saw it one time, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is good, I like it, but... Uh... Yeah, no, it it doesn't it didn't like stay with me or anything like that. It's just it was fun at the time. I think there's there's definitely a decent chance that some of my um my references uh would actually have been more applicable to uh the Robert Rodriguez Predator in terms <laughs> of like that was probably the first movie where they made X, Y, or Z changes in the franchise. But because I haven't seen this one, this is the first time I've been like, oh, this is what Predator movies are like nowadays. Ah, that's, and stuff. that's possible. Maybe maybe I'll uh I'll stop you at times. Yeah, like, yeah, that could have been a Predator's uh reference. Yeah, I, I, but you're um, you're a big Shane Black fan though, so I, I imagine I'm a big had, Shane Black fan. Yeah. some level of uh, high hopes walking into this. I had huge hopes. And like when it was first announced, I was like, you know, why is he doing this? Um, and I'm still not 100% sure if I know why, <laughs> but I, I, have, I have my my suspicions. But um, but, but uh, yeah, no, I'm a huge Shane Black fan. And um, I mean, uh, that's kind of where I was going into this movie is sure. it's the new Shane Black movie, not the new Predator movie. In a lot sure, of sure. Which is definitely an yeah. interesting way to walk into it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know what? We might as well jump in then. What is your first puzzle piece? Sure. So uh, I'm going to start with a real basic one here, um, which I'm, I'm actually going to specifically cite Alien versus Predator 2. Specifically okay. that one, which was... Uh, have you seen that one? I don't remember. <laughs> I it's don't not think. I was good. trying to remember if I saw them. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty That's sure the I saw one the first Alien vs. Predator. So the second yeah. one is the one where there's the half-Predator, half-Alien. The Predalien. <laughs> um, and, it's, and there's the Predators who come, and the few humans at first are like, oh man, we gotta stop the Predator, the Predator's the bad guy, and then the Super Predator shows up, because that's the Predalien, and the humans are like, oh, that thing's way worse, so then the, the regular Predator is trying to kill the Super Predator, and the humans are trying to kill the Super Predator, um, and it's just the same goddamn plot in this movie. Like, <laughs> it was, like, I, I'm not necessarily saying that the Predator franchise should or or the alien franchise should be known for their like um realism or like crazy innovative plots but if if you were gonna pick a predator movie to rip off why would you pick up the one that was objectively known as the worst predator movie of all time which is avp2 um (laughs) and like like um uh, AVP one has the humans teaming up with the predator versus the alien. And that's kind of similar, but like very specifically the predalien in AVP two is like just a stronger predator. So it's like, there's the humans, there's the, 
predator and then there's the more or less just the super predator again yeah. going at it um i'm gonna say, say I, I probably did not see alien vs predator 2 because i i do not remember a previous super predator of any form a, a predalien yeah it was it, it, i don't even remember what it looked like I, it definitely still had like the dreads that a predator has and a kind of like of xenomorphy face um another another thing related to that movie is the um the the predator who is the quote unquote good guy in AVBP two is um like just it's it's by far the most incompetent predator you ever see on screen <laughs> in any of the predator films and they made like such a big deal about like how that like the the main character predator in this one was I think it was like a female instead of a male or it was like a like a uh, a high, highly trained one or something. So they were like, this is gonna be like the toughest, most badass predator ever. Um, yeah. And then like the whole movie is like aliens sneaking up on it or like it getting like <laughs> blindsided. Like, like it just gets his ass kicked the entire movie. Um, I don't no match rem- for the script. No, I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> I don't think it kills the Predalien or vice versa, but it very much did remind me of the way that just like super predator comes in and just like wipes the floor with regular predator. Um, and I think they might even first encounter each other in like a high school or something like that at night, <laughs> like the same, I th- right. I think when the super predator showed up in the predator, they were at like a high school or a middle school or something, weren't they? Right, I think so. I'm yeah. pretty sure the same thing happened in AVP too. That was like where everyone converged was because they were trying to like get to the roof of a high school or something like that. That's but so I haven't bizarre. seen AVP two since it was in theaters, and that was the only time I saw it. So I might be misremembering some of that. Man, that is so bizarre that it would be that similar of a story because you would think. You know, Shane Black would come with, you know, a lot of originality and, and, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, he did bring uh, some of his humor, but, I mean, I guess as far as a clever script goes, it's kind of just... Well, uh, AVP2 definitely, like, AVP2 is much more kind of like uh, the Jeepers Creepers movie, where it's just like normal folks uh i think in like Uh, midwestern america getting picked off by these stronger things like i don't think there was very much in the way of um like macho soldiers fighting back against mm. the the predators or anything like that um it's funny you say that because i remember when this movie was first announced um i think that like what everybody thought it was supposed to be was the predator in the suburbs and yeah. we don't really get that much of that. Uh, there, it's certainly there, but it, it, it's kind of all over the place. It's back in the jungle. It's in war fields. It's like at a high school. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's basically uh, a little bit of everything. It's not just the predator in the suburbs. Yeah, and I guess we we should probably actually kind of mention that real quick. That the um the original ending for the movie was much more um. Like, like, I'm pretty sure it was in the daytime and it had like good predators teaming up with the humans against the super predator and stuff like that. And apparently yeah, it was yeah. uh, very drastically different from anything anyone else, you know, expected. Uh, I don't necessarily know that it was an innovative plot, but it, it, it seemed different for a predator movie. And then like mm. the executives, I think, were basically like, you know, there's no one really being hunted down. Like, and and that's why the last, and then they reshot the last third of the movie 
And that's why for the most part, like the last third of the movie is the whole first movie condensed into like 25 minutes and edited terribly. <laughs> um, Cause like so you, sense. you make it two thirds of the way through the movie and like nobody has died yet. And then like, yeah. I was like, Oh, maybe they're just not going to do that. Maybe they're like the original predator, you know, they're kind of getting picked off over the course of the movie, like a body every 15 minutes kind of thing. But in mm-hmm. this mo- case we hit, you know, the like hour 10 minute mark and every named character was still alive basically. Um, and then just really quick, they toss them all in the woods and make it hunt them down and stuff like that. Especially Sterling K Brown. Oh my God. The, the the human villain. And, uh, yeah, he just, uh, no one even remembers him dying. Like I I genuinely didn't notice it. and, And I love Sterling K Brown. Um, I've only seen him in a few things, but that dude, I, I think if you give him like smug dialogue, like he does such a good, like I'm in charge of everything here kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I don't know if he survived in the original one, but like literally in the final scene of the movie, I was expecting there to be a scene where the main character like looks at Sterling K Brown and is like, I'm your boss now or something like that. And I'm like, why, why is he not in this, the laboratory? Like, did he get fired or something? And my dad's like, I don't know either. He just kind of disappeared in the middle. And apparently he blew his own fucking head off and I didn't even notice it. Like that, that should have been an incredibly funny scene. A dude accidentally blowing his head off with a predator gun. And I didn't even notice it happen. And I like went on Reddit and like tons of other people were the same thing. Like where the fuck did the spec ops guy go? That is it was, so ridiculous. What, oh, what a, I wonder yeah, if that was because uh, he wasn't around for, like, I wonder if because they had to do the reshoots and reshot the whole end, uh, if that was an example of, like, he could only be on set for, like, a day. So, possible. Um, right, because, like, you can certainly tell certain people get, like, a lot more screen time in the end. Um, sure. And it seemed like he was not one of them. By the time they get to the, the final scene where everything sort of restarts, he mostly just yeah. disappears. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I, I got to I got to tell myself that that's appeared. what it was. Was they only had like a body double who looked nothing like like they just had like Keegan Michael Keepy his body double, and they're like, <laughs> "You don't look anything like him." And it's like, okay, we'll just blow his head off real quick so nobody notices, and also we'll make it happen like off camera. <laughs> I, I hope that uh, this, you know, once this movie comes out on Blu-ray or whatever, that that scene goes online so that way I can watch it. I, I yeah, yeah, it gets a re-watch. even if it's just three seconds long. But yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I, I, um, I have zero recollection of it happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So uh, what you do you what? got? Since, since, yeah, since we were talking about the super predator and uh, teaming up with the. Uh, the creature from the first one to fight the new creature. Uh, I was going to do this one later, but I'll do this one first. Um, it's Jurassic Park. And okay. it's actually for two two reasons. The first reason, like I was just saying, um, in the later, especially these new ones, Jurassic World, it seems like we're always teaming up with raptors and tyrannosauruses to fight off. Yeah, the that's actually a really good point. And so that, that was the first reason I brought it up, um, which is, uh, you know... It, I'm sure there's a lot of other movies and plus better movies where that's been done before, but I was kind of racking my brain to think of it. Um, but definitely Jurassic Park, it's been done. Um, but also uh, the other reason I thought of Jurassic Park was when Olivia Munn is so 
abruptly introduced. Um, she walks into the uh, like the science laboratory and she's just like so like in awe of all the fancy equipment. And that totally reminded yeah. me of when uh, the scientists arrive in Jurassic Park for the first time. Sure, sure. No, that's a good one. I was definitely trying for a while to like find movie movie examples of the like we thought this guy was the bad guy for the first half and then once we killed him like it turns out he was kind of helping protect us from the bad guy and like that that trope comes up a lot but not in a direct we then need to kind of team up with the guy against the other one but yeah absolutely the um the the girl ron howard's daughter getting um the the T-Rex to fight the like Indominus Rex or whatever they called it. That's like, <laughs> that's so along the lines of like what, um, like what happened in this movie, basically. <laughs> they could have just called him super Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause that's like literally, it's like, Oh, I, and even <laughs> I think, I think he may, that one may have had the ability to like keep evolving after it was born too. <laughs> The same way that, like, the super predator could. Also, shout out to the dumbest line of all time, which is, did you see it just grew an exoskeleton under its skin? And it's like, you know what they call an exoskeleton <laughs> that's under your skin? A fucking skeleton! <laughs> this script, man. I, I just, I I can't imagine what was, like, going on in that writing room with, with uh, Shane Black and uh, the other guy that wrote with him he's written yeah with him a it's bunch like of his times. usual writing partner. Uh, yeah frank yeah, decker or fred decker or something there you go yeah i can't imagine that writing room like they're just just throwing whatever the fuck you know <laughs> like not even, i, I like, gotta imagine too. that they they what they did was like they wrote an actual serious predator script with the goal of like let's write a, a predator script for like a 70 minute long movie Maybe maybe like a, a sixty minute long movie, and then once that was done, they then just took every scene and was like, "Okay, after the main thing in this scene happens, what can we just throw in there that immediately makes fun of what just happened?" Like exactly. it was such a weird attempt at subverting the tropes. It really, really is, and I, you know, I was gonna talk about this later, but we might as well talk about it right now. Yeah. I, I, I had this theory. And I, I mentioned it in our uh, piecing it together a movie discussion group, which anyone who's listening should join. Absolutely. Um, but and I, I may be totally just totally off base here, but I feel like Shane Black was going for uh, kind of a send up of how corny and cheesy eighties movies are. If you take away all the nostalgia that we have for them, oh, a hundred percent, yeah. And, and and I mean, people don't seem to want to go down. I mean, you're agreeing with me, but people don't seem to want to go down that road with me, I think, because of that nostalgia. But I mean, if you watch a lot of 80s movies, they're really corny. It's just that we loved them as kids, so we still love them now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like he was trying to capture that in a way. And uh, again, maybe I'm wrong and maybe he just wrote a terrible screenplay or they <laughs> chopped it up so much, you know, in editing. You know, it's very possible, but... I, I do think it was almost like a concept album of a movie, like, you know, trying to recreate that time in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways. Um, I also mentioned there's, a, like, a lot of offensive humor in this movie yeah, yeah. that, like, really doesn't fly in today's culture, but it's there, and it was back in the 80s as well. Yeah, like, it's definitely um, something that, like, Jesse Ventura would say on camera, and, <laughs> like, and in a, in a movie nowadays, it's like, why, why would you possibly get away with this? And it helps that, like, every actor 
like it just constantly has like a smirk and a hint of a southern accent yeah. like at all times yeah. <laughs> i'd actually i'd, I'd love to get your asses. your opinion on um the the cast specifically because I, I was reading quite a few sure. reviews and and to me um going into this movie the cast was my biggest red flag for sure because there's like we don't necessarily have a the same kind of macho movie star culture that we did in the 80s and anyone who's right, like a right. new rising star in that field is already in the expendables movies right like dave batista yeah, or yeah. like all the the mma guys um so i and going into like i'm a, I'm a huge fan of thomas jane and he's really the only guy sure. i knew going into this movie but i was like yeah thomas jane works as like a, a tough guy kind of dude um and I a lot a lot of reviews I've been reading. People have been like, "Oh, it seems like they're all kind of making jokes in a vacuum. There's no real." I thought they had great charisma with each other personally. Like I genuine like the minute they were all introduced, I was immediately playing a game of who's going to die first, um, ignoring the sure, British guy because sure. like very obviously he was going to die first because he didn't have any lines. But um, besides that, like I liked all the characters i was surprised that like i was super on board with keegan michael key as like in a predator movie is really the only way to yeah, put right. it um <laughs> that dude who that role was clearly written for 50 cent but they couldn't get him um i don't <laughs> so they got the guy it, from i'm Moonlight. so right though that like i actually looked it up later because like i i i've not seen moonlight which i guess was that guy's other big movie um, so, uh -huh, so, yeah. so I didn't know that actor ahead of time, uh, and I loved him, but the whole time I was like, this was definitely a role written for 50 cent. And then I looked up the casting <laughs> earlier and it actually was written for 50 cent. Wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing. 50 cent was supposed <laughs> to be in the movie. I can't imagine he was any character besides that character. Yeah. No, um, that makes and perfect originally sense. Benicio yeah. del Toro was supposed to be the main character too. Um, Huh. And that would have been interesting. Like, I don't, I've never seen Sicario, so I've never seen tough guy oh. Benicio. Um, I'm, pr I'm presuming he's a tough guy in that. Um, he, he's not really a tough guy in that. He's more like mysterious. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, but that, that would be really, yeah, we call it on our Sicario 2 episode. It said like he's like a, uh, the, the nice version of, uh, Anton Chigurh, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that totally <laughs> yeah. works. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I, I really dug all the cast members. I, I liked how, um, you know, the sequence where they're wrestling over the gun and every five minutes it's revealed that something else is another bet or things like sure. I, I believe them as a bunch of dudes who are like, we got fucked by the system. So we just don't give a fuck now. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Did, did you think they were, you know, obviously the dialogue was corny, like you said, but like, did you. Did you buy into them as tough guys? Did you buy into them as comrades? Um, what did you think about them in general? Well, I I thought the the introduction on the bus was a little uh, slow, and I, I, I was didn't think super a lot on of the, the jokes nose. there. Yeah, it was super on the nose, and I didn't think a lot of the jokes landed really that well. But yes. as soon as they got off the bus, I loved everything about them their camaraderie their joking most of the jokes landed after that point you know yeah. like when they're at the the guy's house and when they're at uh whatever the other locations were it's like a farm but, or um, a barn or whatever yeah yeah all all that oh in a hotel room all that was great and it really worked really well um i, I totally know, will give it to you that yeah the, the first introducing everyone on the bus was a lot messier yeah. than everything else 
I think the biggest problem is the main character. Uh, sure. What's it, Boyd Hallbrook? Boyd Hoydbrook or something? Or <laughs> close enough. Yeah. No, he was a he was the hardest one to get behind. He's just such a. I, I it's such a dated character, kind of. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, like the just a really kind of silly. You could picture that guy starring in the next Transformers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah. Just not. I haven't. I haven't really... seen Narcos, so I'm not really like super into him. The way I know a lot of people That's really right. like Narcos. He yeah, um, I forgot he was from that. The only thing. I, the only other thing I've seen him in was um, he played the exact same character in Logan. Um, oh, so he was oh, he was yeah. like the robot hand guy that. in Logan. Um, oh, I forgot about that. He, yeah. he always just. Like everything I've seen him, and he plays the like smug, tough guy, vaguely Texan um, yeah. <laughs> dude. But I mean, he does a good job of I feel like being intense without being physically intimidating, which I assume is also what mm-hmm. he does in Narcos. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he was tougher yeah, no, that, that's than he should have been. <laughs> Yeah, no, it just it just not it doesn't carry the movie well, but luckily there's so many other people yeah to, you know, take it over for him. I mean, really Olivia Munn should be the main character, but because it's so messy, it's like kind of just all over the place, you know. Her character definitely um, smacked of having like a lot of other deleted scenes. Um Yes, absolutely. Like her introduction was super rushed. Um I feel yeah. like they were probably going to come back to the fact I feel like the original ending probably came back to the fact that uh the predator ignored her while she was naked. Um mm-hmm. the in the ending she like teleports halfway across the jungle to like be able to <laughs> rip the super predators like dreadlocks out. Also real quick. Yeah. Um so this kind of ties into Something I was gonna bring up as another one of mine, which which I sort of no, I'll I'll wait till the next one to bring it up. But um, I think th- this movie definitely accepted the fact that like the Predator as a character is not scary. Like Predator One, you know, was <laughs> was kind of like a horror movie too, and you didn't see it for a lot of the time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna it's tie scary back because you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna tie back into that um, for another one later, but specifically. Embracing that, I just want to talk about the fact that, like, this predator, the the super predator, the entire time, like, chose not to use camo and, like, chose not to, like, wear the face mask helmet that, like, all the predators wear. And then immediately, how does this thing die? A human, like, jumps on his back and shoots it in the back of the head, like, six times, which, (laughs) you know, the helmet that every other predator wears all the time would have immediately stopped that from happening. But the stupid fucking super predator is like i don't need armor i've got an exoskeleton underneath my skin his his you know his vanity got uh got the best of him yeah right like he like he was having a good hair day with his dreads and he didn't want to mess with it (laughs) and then in the end she got he got killed because olivia munn was able to like walk up behind the most perfect killing machine in the universe and just shoot it in the back of the skull too bad it, it, that thing didn't have uh, one of those guns that just shoots at whatever it senses danger. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, that, was, that scene was like, I had to like stop and be like, I've definitely saw that exact scene in Iron Man 3, which I guess is the only Shane Black movie I have seen before. Um, but like, I'm pretty sure that exact scene happened in 
uh, in Shane Iron Man Black Three. Loves AI guns. He's a yeah, yeah. Like I like I think there was a scene where, like a bully picked on the kid in the fucking Iron Man gauntlet. Like immediately shot him or something. Or if it wasn't, it should have been. Um, Ridiculous. That was. Oh. <laughs> so what would your uh, what would your next puzzle piece be then? So I'll, I'll I will I'll keep riding that train then with. Uh, so I'm going to specifically cite. Um, you're going to notice a pattern in the movies I'm picking this time around. Uh, okay. Alien Two, Aliens. Okay. Um, now, Aliens was, you know, still, it was a scary movie in a lot of ways, but it very much decided to not necessarily treat the alien as if it was scary. Like, the aliens was scary because the things they did was scary. But, like, in, in Alien 1, you know, the alien was almost never on screen. It was very mysterious. Mm-hmm. It was picking people off one by one. And... um you, you you didn't see it very much until the end and predator one was very much like that where you had you know the predator sneaking up on people um presumably that was like like budget was part of the reason um that why sure. they made it invisible for so much of it um and then you get to aliens which is just cool yeah we're going to a couple people are already aware that the aliens are a thing. We're just going to show them right on screen, like right in your face where they're not going to sneak around yeah. on you anymore. And it's just going to be a group of like wisecracking tough guys taking them down. Um, and yeah. predator, predator, the predator seemed like very much that evolution of like, they didn't even really bother hiding the predator. Um, they just immediately were like, this is a predator. These are a group of tough guys. Like the, you know, in the first movie, this thing picked you off based on the fact that it was like stealthy and scary. And now it's like, well, we've already used that surprise. We've lost that edge. So we're just going to make it very strong and you're going to shoot bullets at it. And it's going to shoot stronger bullets back at you kind of thing. Yeah. Pretty bold move, by the way, that I, if I remember correctly, the very first character you see is the predator while it's crash landing, right? Yeah, I think so. Immediately you're seeing the predator. It's not, it's like not in nighttime. It's just right there in the light, like, you know, in the spaceship. And now this might be one of the ones where they might have done that exact same thing in the Robert Rodriguez Predators. Because um, I have heard that he wanted Predators to be the aliens of Predator. Um, so I don't know how, if there's horror in the Robert Rodriguez Predators or if there's still an element of mystery. I know there's a lot more Predators and it like goes into their culture a little more. So I'm assuming it's much more these are the predators. There's not really any surprise or mystique kind of thing, but this was the first predator movie I've seen where there wasn't any surprise or mystique around the predator. So I'm still citing aliens for that one, even if it should gotcha. have been cited. I, I like it. Um, no, it makes, if- it definitely makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Cause predator and predator two are, are kind of along the same lines. And then, then you get to the aliens of, alien with the predator yeah um and yeah i don't i don't recall predators doing that i think predators was more um more suspenseful and more uh because they're being hunted and you know on a different planet and all that stuff and so i like yeah so i think it was still a lot more suspenseful and everything still a lot more mysterious it wasn't just Let's just throw a bunch of predators out. Yeah, and it's a very <laughs> least like you know, um, like aliens. They were super wise, cracky in that movie too. Sure. Um, so yeah. they definitely had a bit of the same. Like these dudes are just you know making a quip every forty five seconds while they're fighting. Well, let, let what it is, and it, you know, it's a great lead up to my next one, which I'll mention in a second. Yeah, but what it is, it's take taking this like 
character from a scary movie and uh, making it into a blockbuster. Yeah, you know? yeah. And giving giving the people what they want, you know, and uh, let's just make it big and huge and exciting and fun and put <laughs> it out on a holiday weekend, you know, although actually I think this was like the last release of the summer, wasn't it? Something like um, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so that leads into my next puzzle piece really well, actually, uh, which is um, another fun alien action movie. Uh, it's Independence Day. Okay, which, I have to ask this uh, very specifically. Independence Day 1 or Independence Day 2? <laughs> okay, you know what? That's a good question. I When I wrote down Independence Day... I forgot Independence Day 2 was a movie. You know what? So, because here's the thing. That's why, um, so I was talking to you beforehand and I said I picked one movie that I'm pretty sure you're also going to pick specifically for the last 10 minutes. And that was Independence Day 2. Because the last 15 minutes, 10 minutes was 100% all the worst parts of Independence Day 2. Like, you're so right. And I totally, fr- see, I swear, I think most of Independence Day 2 left my brain. As soon oh, as it was not good. I knew, I knew you were as disappointed yeah. with that as I. <laughs> see, all right, you talk about Independence Day 1, and then I will talk about Independence Day 2. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I'm excited to talk about 2 now. Oh, but, fantastic. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Independence Day 1, which I love, of oh, course. Oh, it's so good. Um, but. Yeah, but it is, you know, just a dumb, fun, campy, alien sci-fi action movie with jokes. And and then uh, one specific scene really is like the lab with the alien on display for everybody to look at, yeah. which was so, so reminiscent of that first Independence Day movie. It was It was just like it. Well, I mean, um, even more so but, with the yeah. alternate ending, because, you know, in the alternate ending, they go to Area 51 and there are just other predators there like waiting, being like, oh, hey, guys, right. we're good guys. We don't we don't think we should yeah. be like eating people. And so like that's like very on board. And I think the Independence Day dudes had dreads too, didn't they? Like or I believe no, so, they were yeah. kind of squiddy or something or Yeah, they were like squid dreads, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they were definitely dread like. All comes back to dreads. <laughs> Aliens are just appropriating culture like left and right. It's disgusting. <laughs> It is absolutely. I, I'm. I. I will not stand for it. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> cultural appropriation. Well, why don't we go to? Worse. Why don't we go to your uh, Independence Day two puzzle piece? Sure. So Independence Day two. I saw. I saw a review once for Independence Day two that talked about how promising the end of Independence Day two was for one reason, which is we don't really have. We don't make movies where humans are taking the fight to the aliens. Like that's not really a premise that like ever gets made into movies. And a lot of um, independence day two is based around the premise of like, Oh, we've had this alien technology. We've been like figuring out how to reverse engineer it and weaponize it. And I think independence day two ends with them like finding, Oh, Oh, actually independence day two, very specifically there's, um, there's that thing that they think is the evil alien item at first and they're attacking it right, and they're trying to crack it. And then it turns out it's another breed of alien who's like, Hey, I'm here to show you how to stop um, that breed of alien. Um, yeah. And Which then makes no sense. Yeah, no, of course not. And then they take all of that technology and they, you know, retrofit it onto human technology. And I think at the end they like find out how to get to the, um, to the evil alien homeworld or something. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? We're going to take the fight to them kind of thing. And the whole last 
like 10 minutes of this movie is exactly that. It's like, oh, okay, cool. We've got the super weapon that the hippie predator tried to give to us. And now we can like use it to take the fight back to the predators next time they come and visit us. And it just, yeah, it just like, again, kind of a promising concept for another movie, but like not never happen, not what you want for predator. (laughs) Also, let's talk about the fact that the suit was called the predator killer suit. And it was supposed to be like the ultimate weapon. And at best, it turns one human into one slightly stronger than a normal predator predator. Like, that's all it does. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't turn you into a predator killer. It turns you into a predator. But they Basically, already established yeah. this movie starts with a predator getting the shit beaten out of it. Like, we've already, like, it, like that suit would make you strong enough to handle the dude in the first third of the movie who only exists yeah. to show you how strong the dude in the second two thirds of the movie are. And there's only Olivia one of Munn could still kill you. Like, like <laughs> Olivia Munn could still kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, I think there's a helmet on the back, back of that one. So, so you're oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but like it, 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 it seemed like it was a very literal definition of it's a tool you could use to kill a predator, not like you could use to kill the predators or anything like that. And it just well, felt as, very as much. As we know, that ending was completely tacked on uh, and it was originally supposed to end a lot differently, like you were telling me. Yeah, yeah. So apparently in that very ending, uh, in, in the in the super original ending, in addition to teaming up with the other Predators, they um, almost imme- apparently the other Predators almost immediately get massacred. But that's why there's all that like behind the scenes footage of like Predators wearing like army fatigue pants and stuff. It's all, and there's like the shot of like a predator at like the back of like a, a truck mounted chain gun or whatever. And like, I would love to see those shots, like as goofy as they would be. I would love to see like a predator with like a MAGA hat on and like dog tags and a cigar, just like shooting shotguns at other predators. It doesn't even make sense. Why would it need, why would it need human weapons? Like it's so stupid. Even yeah, that like, idea. It's probably actually, so this movie really made me think of that is, um, so they make a big deal about how the whole predator culture is that they're like all the greatest warriors and shit like that. But yeah. they've got so much technology which means there there has to be a huge industry back on Predator Homeworld of, like, Predator DARPA, basically. Like, th- this camo isn't making itself. These crazy, like, helmets that... Like, I would love to see a movie just about, like, the Predator version of Q. Like, how amazing would that be? Because, like, like, that shit's... Like, Predators are not super smart. Like, well, I mean, they're smart, but they're not, like... They, they don't really show anything that implies that the Predators have, like, a lot of technical prowess or anything, which clearly means right, that there are, tools. like, so, so, it, so that probably means that the soldiers are not making their own technology, which means that, like, there is just a bunch of, like, Predator nerds who are, like, stuck in, like, the lab all day. Who, and they've established that their whole society is based around your respect is how much you kill. So these dudes have to be the least respected people like in predator culture. And yet their entire society hinges on these nerds like making camo suits and making like helmets that if a rock hits you on the back of the head, it blows up a village and stuff like and I feel like um, I feel like Shane Black would have been more equipped 
to make this movie because it kind of reminds me like a like an eighties John Hughes type thing. Like you know, and they're like they're like teasing him, like shut up, predator nerd, and like you know, pushing him into a locker and stuff. I like do that. know College Humor did a video once with um with like predators like angsty emo teenage son who's like, Dad, I don't want to kill things. Like I'm a vegan, and he's like, I was a hunter. Your my father was a hunter. My father's father was a hunter, and he's like, Well, I want to be a rock star, Dad. And like, I love to take it further. And like, someone's got to like build their spaceships and stuff. Like, I just, there's so much of their society hinges around that. Like nobody wants to do the work that's necessary for them to be able to do that. And I'm sure there's like a predator comic that has explained this, that there's like an alien race. They have enslaved that like builds tools for them, but just, I love the idea that because I believe the predators in the original ending were like predator scientist hippies, basically. And that's why they were like, we came to Earth to help you because we don't want like us to like eat people anymore, basically. (laughs) Do you think we will uh, live long enough to see the Prometheus of Predator? Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) Finding out all the mystery and finding out exactly how they were made and now they're everything. Well, I actually (laughs) did make a note to ask you how this compared to um, Alien Covenant. Uh, Specifically, Mm -hmm. because I I haven't seen Alien Covenant, but, um, you know, Alien Covenant was kind of a movie that was tasked with simultaneously being a reboot of the franchise slash a remake of the first one and also trying to change up the game and make a new type of bad guy and kind of change the genre. And I feel like the predator um, did that a lot too, where like the ending is kind of a remake of the first movie and the characters are kind of just palette swaps of the characters from the first movie. But like, also it's trying to introduce a new type of bad guy and also like make things a little more philosophical and also um introducing some level of like um like changing up the game and and i kind of wondered if alien covenant sort of did the same thing uh, how that felt in comparison to the predator um treating them as almost like equivalent entries in their franchise Mm-hmm. Um, so well, you've seen Alien Covenant, so you you would probably be better yeah. equipped to weigh in on that. I will say that um, both these movies, like Alien Covenant and Prometheus, and then uh, the Predator, are you know mostly hated with you know their with a fair share of people who uh, defend them. Um, I will defend Alien Covenant to my deathbed. I probably would not defend the Predator in public other than on this podcast. Um, <laughs> let's, let, let's put it that way. Uh, I had fun with the Predator um, because of how ridiculous it is. I genuinely love uh, Alien Covenant. I, I think it's so interesting. And um, despite its flaws, which it has plenty of flaws, that the, the, the two-movie combo of Prometheus and Alien Covenant has plenty of flaws as an overall movie, but it's got so many interesting ideas and a uh, great performance by uh, Michael Fassbender that, that really, you know, really locks it down and makes it something that's just so just intriguing and uh, unique within film. And I, I really think it has a lot, like, I think people should watch it with a more open mind. Let's put it that way. And I guess I could say the same thing about The Predator, 
but the the open mind would be watch it as a comedy, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, I was just curious because it seemed like Alien Covenant, you know, was some people derided it as a pure, uh, you know, paint by numbers remake. Some people were mad at it because it wasn't Prometheus enough. Some people were mad at it because it took the seeds of Prometheus, but then kind of scrapped them and then went in another, another direction. Like it seemed like mm-hmm. a movie that was trying to serve a lot of masters. And I kind of got that yeah, vibe from the predator as well. Not necessarily in terms yeah, well, of execution, Covenant, but in terms of, um, you know, the, the things it was trying to juggle. Not to go on too much of a sure. tangent, but Covenant is like three quarters a sequel to Prometheus that is absolutely very successful as far as I'm concerned. And then one quarter a prequel to Alien, which is very unsuccessful. Um, so that's what it kind of comes down to. I, all the stuff that continues the story set up from Prometheus is great as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, but then all the alien shit that they just had to pigeonhole in because the studio said we need more alien. Uh, blech, you know, <laughs> no, I would have been totally on board um, if they did that thing where they net let like Neil Blomkamp make his alien movies that were like actually alien movies and then let like Ridley sure. Scott make his like fever dreams. I wish we could add, add both. I don't see why not. You know, fucking because Ridley, I, I Ridley Scott think... hates. So I've heard that apparently he even hates aliens. Um, yeah, for for so, introducing yeah. the concept of the queen, he apparently <laughs> like like anything related to like alien like um like xenomorph morphology and like they're like they're they're like as a species, how they operate that doesn't like directly align with what he's into. Apparently he's just like <laughs> throws hissy fits about all of it. Um, Ridley Scott hates everything. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Ridley yeah. Scott he hates grumpy old itself, British man but... <laughs> makes pretty looking movies though. I'll give him that. He sure does. He <laughs> sure does. Well, uh, my next puzzle piece. Um, and this one I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm doing a you right now. Sure. This is something that I've never really seen before. Fantastic. Um, but I, I, I have heard this comparison made and I, just from my knowledge of it as a pop culture reference, I, I totally thought it myself as well. And that's the A team. Okay. Um, with uh, the the whole crew is like very much like an A team comedy action thing. Uh, a lot of wisecracking and you know broing it up. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like very um, specifically yeah. trying to find. I was like, there have to be examples of other soldier movies where like they all have PTSD or they all are like like a way that they're all like in the loony bin together or something. But I guess even A team, like yeah, they were all like frame like framed and they're all kind of like rogue bad boys who are now like stuck on the run together uh yeah i could totally yeah. that's that's probably the closest example i'd be able to find yeah so that, that i've got another one coming up but i'll save that for a little bit later after we uh go on to your next no that, that totally works. so i'm yeah i actually haven't seen uh, i haven't seen any of the a teams either um but yeah, I guess in general, um, I think talking about like the way they all kind of like quip with each other. So this is the most recent movie that has thrown me off with this. And, and I think there are a lot of movies that this, um, this is applicable. So I'm kind of just picking one arbitrarily. Um, with uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is the last movie I remember where I would sit there and be like, can you just shut the fuck up and stop making quips and just like kill the thing you're trying to kill? <laughs> By by doing that, like like there were a, a lot of scenes in 
And it wasn't just, oh, they're trying to be quip, 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 because Joss Whedon kind of has that in general where you get, like, quipped to death. But, like, there were multiple times it was like, maybe not all of you needs to be, like, trying to get in a one-liner while you're fighting the Predator. Um, and I feel like that's another, another thing. It's, like, straight out of 80, 80s movies where, like, every time you do yeah. a thing, you say a one-liner. And it sort of worked back then. But, like, nowadays, if you're doing it and you're, you're too good at it, and suddenly all your characters are good at it. It just comes like there's there was kind of a benefit to some of the lines being corny back in the day because it was bad. Whereas like a lot of this dialogue, sure, it's corny, but it's, it's pretty clever dialogue in terms of like the back and forth. And Age of Ultron sort of had the same thing. But just once everyone sounds like a like a kind of funny quip machine who's like ready to go, it just completely undercuts yeah. any like actual urgency that's happening. And I think like there was a lot of that in the like later like scenes and um, in like the early middle where just everyone is joke, 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 shoot, 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 joke, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. And it's like, maybe yeah. just actually shoot. So I'm sure there's a million better examples, <laughs> but the last time that it's like really, really annoyed me was Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, and I don't get to bitch that about that lot, movie. That makes enough. a lot of sense. So, and I feel yeah, like no, Shane Black true. can be very Joss Whedon-y based on what I know about Shane Black. Um, Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm I'm sure maybe even other Shane Black movies have the same problem. Um, I just don't know because I haven't. Yeah, I haven't even seen like Lethal Weapon or anything like that. So. Oh wow! Yeah, no that that's one to watch. And of course, you know, the Nice Guys is like probably my favorite movie of this decade. I'm gonna watch it one um, of these days. But uh, yeah, I love it so much. You know, I was just thinking the, the way you were saying that about, and I totally agree with your puzzle piece there, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, uh, because of all the quips and just just getting so tiresome, uh, but it, it just made me think. And a quick plug for my new comedy rap, Demise and D Rocks album, D and Detox. But the way I write those, is that what it's called? I, D and Detox. D and Detox, okay. which is a play on the Dr. Dre Detox album, oh. that's been delayed for like twenty yeah, years. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, when I when I'm writing what I do is I like I have a little uh you know notepad on my phone and I just will write like one line like when I think of a funny line I write it in there and one line I find it I write it in there one line I write it in there and then eventually when I'm actually making a song I just fit them all together in a way that it, like flows and makes sense and I'm kind of thinking that's what Shane Black's approach to this movie was was he just had like a book full of jokes and said, okay, now what's the thinnest Predator plot we could come up with and just insert all these jokes in there? That <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> so in Predator like. 1, his character's whole point was that he was like the corny dude who was just constantly making jokes that didn't land. So I love that like Keegan-Michael yeah. Key's character was the exact same thing. Like, like every joke he told was one that like everyone in the audience was already familiar with because their like, uncle had told it to them when they were younger or something like that. Do, do you watch uh, Red Letter Media? They're very rarely. Um, I, I I watched their review of the Predator, and uh, they were saying that Keegan Michael Key was like, um, like when you're watching the Oscars or the MTV Awards, how they'll do like a skit where they insert a comedian yes. into a serious movie. That he was basically that in this movie, like where it would just like all of a sudden he's in a serious scene making a like ridiculous out of place joke, and it was like. Totally and they, I love the <laughs> amount of gravitas they gave like him and Thomas Jane's bromance. Like at the end when they both yeah. shot each other, that was awesome. Oh my that was God. that was so brilliantly <laughs> t- 
terribly amazing. Like it was oh, just yeah. like like <laughs> like if you like mixed up LSD and testosterone and snorted both of them at the same time, you would get like that moment of Thomas Jane on fire, stabbing a predator in the neck over and over again, impaled on a tree, surviving just long enough for him and like Keegan Michael Key to eye fuck each other and then nod and both shoot each other at the same time while like sad dramatic music is playing. Like it worked and didn't work on so many levels simultaneously. <laughs> I say to all of you out there who didn't like this movie, if you didn't like that scene, I mean, come on, man. What, <laughs> what the fuck? It was so great. I, I like it. It was corny and campy but also good at the same time and i bought it like like they did you know they didn't have to spend much time characterizing the relationship those two dudes had but like i was really glad they did that because like already like like the introduction of a tourette's character as a joke usually has me rolling my eyes almost immediately in a (laughs) movie um and like absolutely like the tourette's jokes were some of the worst like jokes in the movie in terms of just like killing barely jokes oh man the fucking eat your pussy scene like that was like hey you know we should take this like one line and just have everyone repeat the line for four minutes and like it's still gonna be funny if we just keep saying the same thing four minutes later, right? And that just killed oh all momentum. God. But like you know, then suddenly they're like, oh yeah, but also this other character who really seems like he's not that loopy too. Let's just say, yeah, he killed the other guys' friends, and now they're BFFs because it was like, oh, I almost killed you. I guess we might as well hang out. And it like shouldn't work, but I was super <laughs> on board with it. I was like, okay, cool. Like they're they're bonded by the fact that they're both left traumatized by the same incident and now they're gonna both put each other out of their misery simultaneously in like the greatest display of machismo ever so beautiful a bromance for the ages absolutely so my next puzzle piece then uh and this is something we haven't brought up yet but uh the kid yeah uh, is autistic yeah and that is uh an interesting thing to bring into the predator universe as a superpower Um, i don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's handled exactly very well. Um, but it it's it's at the same time it's it's kind of cool to, you know, give the idea of a kid with autism to be in an action hero, you know, situation. It's kind of cool that they worked that in there. And mine uh, my next puzzle piece is the accountant in which uh Ben Affleck uh, you know, is basically autistic Batman. I thought um, that was a movie where he's an assassin. I haven't seen it. Yeah, he he's an assassin who is also uh, autistic. What? Yeah, really? Yes, he's got uh, what's it called? Um, like like Aspergers, or is he like super autistic? Yeah, As- okay, so he's just weird. Okay. Um. Yeah. And okay, yeah, because I was like looking for good examples of autism is a superpower type movies to cite, and I couldn't. But that's interesting. I didn't know. Okay, so he's like an autistic hitman. Does, does yeah, his, like, exactly. being very, like, 
Like, like, like, like, does his autism like make him better at being a hitman? Does he have like a photographic memory, or is he like very fastidious and that yeah, helps things? Or? It, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it makes it where he like he remembers everything. He's able to set up in intricate plans and things like that. Sure. Um. Again, not handled really well, but I mean, I you, you got to kind of give him a little credit for trying to to uh, shed a positive light, you sure. know, and and make a positive character. Um. So yeah, I <laughs> I feel like the both of these movies kind of handle it in similar ways, where it's like a you know a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Uh, what did you think about uh, Jacob Trebley's performance here as a uh, autistic kid uh, thrust into a big giant '80s action movie? Uh, well, I, I think. Based on the description I read of the original ending, is like it's not revealed that he's the one the predator really wants until the very end. Like where, like after right, everyone's right. dead, the predator like is like, "Oh yeah, uh, you're actually the greatest warrior." Is like, "All right, well that's cool. You just killed my dad and all his friends, but like, I guess I'll take solace in the fact <laughs> that I'm the greatest warrior on earth because I'm good at putting chess pieces back on a board." Um. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it was super heavy-handed, obviously. Um, yes, and like I, you know, there, there's definitely something to the idea of I like I like that the I, I would have been more on board if it was that the predator like they wanted a way for the predators to want to get other skills from people, and I think everyone who wrote the script, yes. like you know, they do have those conversations about like is autism the next step in human evolution. Even ignoring that, I think they, you know, they wanted a way to say, well, the predator is already pretty tough. We got to make it smarter. And if they just had a kid yeah, yeah. who like had a photographic memory, who was able to learn how to use like, um, like a predator operating system very quickly, they wouldn't have been able to do the genetic yeah. engineering excuse. So they had to like sort of sure. make it a genetic thing. That way there was something for the evil predator to want to steal from him. So I feel like they kind of like backed mm -hmm. themselves into the corner of like, well, being smart's genetic, but that's like not good enough. So like, how can we make it an actual <laughs> genetic evolution mutation thing? Oh, let's just talk about how autism is like a superpower. And it's like the next yes. step in whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting direction to go. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's nice that they did that. Of course, it also led the setup for that retarded joke, which is like oh, totally like, that was, Jesus that was like Christ, the eighties in like four <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly. Thomas Jane being, I mean, that used to be completely okay. <laughs> Thomas Jane being, yo, don't, don't say that word. And it's like, oh, okay. It's funny. Cause I'm making fun of him for being retarded. And then immediately it's like, yo, his kid's retarded. It's like, wow, uh, you, you like were like I've got two ideas for a joke and I'm not sure which one is better. Let's just put both of them back to back. But that's like yeah, absolutely <laughs> like something you you would have seen like I like whoever was paired off with like Eddie Murphy in whatever buddy cop movie he was in at the time would like absolutely use like yeah. that exact joke. I wonder with all the pushback that the studio gave them and they had to do all these crazy edits that totally like ruined the movie in a lot of ways. I wonder if the studio ever said to lose that joke. <laughs> I, I wonder what kind like of totally jokes that it. they did have to lose that they kept oh, that Jesus. one, right? <laughs> like, 
like oh, like the way the dialogue goes like i i feel like literally there would have had to be a scene where like um like where like kigamaku ki goes you know the funniest thing about having sex with a woman when she says no and it'd be like what the fuck kind of joke is that <laughs> keegan michael key like what <laughs> and they're like all right well should we you have to cut that line and he'd be like well, okay, well, do, should we cut the retarded joke, too? And he's like, let's just focus on this first. Like, what the hell are you saying, Shane? Like, like it was just so much. And I don't know if that, I think I think you were onto something where, like, it was, like, simultaneously an homage and an instance of it. Like, like there, you know, there's. Yeah. I, I, was, and I was trying to think of a good movie to do that. And honestly, the best example I could think of was um and i guess this will kind of segue into another piece for me was actually black dynamite sure um in terms oh, of nice. yeah. black dynamite makes fun of black exploitation movies by just being a black exploitation movie like that that's a great puzzle piece it's you're absolutely it, right. like yeah. it doesn't every scene it does has something bad on purpose but the the movie could have been shown 25 years ago, thir- uh, wow, way more than 25 now, but like as a legit black exploitation film, and it would have worked because yeah. it didn't get obsessed with making fun of what it was like. It made fun of it by just doing it as opposed to making yeah. fun of it. And, and so a lot of that dialogue worked in both ways of like, oh, this really would have been a joke in the 80s. And also it's kind of funny because it's making fun of the dialogue from the 80s and i feel like the predator very much in line with what you were saying about it being like an homage and also a send-up and also just a recreation of one of these 80s movies um sure. and and black dynamite was the best example i could think of like i was trying to find one that was more like 80s or actiony and like um, you know, the big one out there nowadays in terms of like 80s satire parodies is like Kung Fury. And I love Kung Fury, but that would not have been mm. a movie in the 80s. Like it's, it emulates the style very right, well, right. but it's making fun of it so much it wouldn't pass. Right. It's like the difference between Scream and Scary Movie. Like Scream yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. At, you know what? Scream would have been just as good an example, actually, as as Black Dynamite. Um, yeah, that that of right. like Scream is yeah. a send up and a satire of slasher movies by being. You know, I am going to stick with Black Dynamite just because at least Scream gets a little too meta, um, and mm-hmm. Predator kind of does that, like with the jokes about the name, the name of like, oh, it's not a predator, that's a hunter. Oh, really? I think that's more of a stalker. But like for the most part, it. It makes fun of itself by being what it's making fun of, as opposed to Absolutely. undercutting itself too much. Um, so, yeah, I guess Black Dynamite. No, I, I, I think that's a really good one. That's a really good one. And Scream would be a good uh, side piece to that. But, yeah, definitely Black Dynamite is a perfect example of that, that idea. Um, so I only have one more puzzle okay. piece, and it's actually one that r- really I could have mentioned right along with the, the A-team. Sure. Um, so we've already kind of talked a lot about the ideas here, but Con Air. Yeah. Another movie with ragtag group of uh, of crazy criminals just broing it up and joking. That's actually a really good one. When I was, when I was trying each to other. think of the like, oh, they're all bonded by the fact that they're crazy. Con Air would have been perfect. Oh. <laughs> I beat you so for it. people listening to this podcast <laughs> dave knows that I, i'm the token nicholas cage guy um on this podcast yes you are and uh every 
every July 14th, a group of my friends celebrate Cage Fest um, based around the movie Con Air because his daughter's birthday is July 14th. And like 15 times in the movie, he's like, I can't wait for July 14th. And uh, it was like weirdly Matthew McConaughey-ish. That was not a good Nicolas Cage as De- that was oh. very Matthew. Yeah, it was super it was. super McConaughey. But um, <laughs> but we we just uh, out here in Seattle had the uh, Seattle branch of Cage Fest about a week ago, um, and that involved lots of. We didn't watch Con Air this year, even though we usually watch Con Air. But oh my god, that's how that's that's a great example. <laughs> I'm glad you cited yeah. that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and hopefully next year I can make it out to Cage Fest because that sounds like Yeah, crazy. yeah. I gotta I gotta send you I, I got you a Cage Fest shirt and I know you got me a piecing it together shirt. Nice. Um are we selling piecing yep. it together shirts to fans? Like should I should this be a plug for that right now? Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you can go to, uh, is it Tee Public? I don't even know my own link. Uh, yeah, you can go to Tee Public and, uh, wait, no, it's not Tee Public. Is it like Zazzle where there's just kind of a link that other people can get it printed on demand to their? Yeah, ex- exactly, well, the, exactly. The point being, you should join um, the, uh, yeah. the Piecing It Together movie discussion podcast. You should go to the website. You'll find out how to buy merch there. Yeah. Uh, this, this episode That's brought to you by All Points West. <laughs> <laughs> leading content provider oh, in the space <laughs> i'm sorry i completely undercut that like if anyone hasn't seen con air they now have they have no idea why these are similar i should let you actually explain con air a little oh more. no i i think i think we mentioned it enough and i think hopefully people who uh you know who haven't seen con air will go out and see con air because that is a much uh more amazing beautiful movie uh it's so we, we don't fun, want people who haven't uh, seen con air listening to this podcast if we're being completely honest like, exactly. like we don't want those kinds Seriously. of people exactly exactly so uh, do you have any more puzzle pieces? Well, so this was one that kind of popped into my head while we were um, while we were talking. And I guess I was trying to re- think of other examples of we team up with this alien to fight that alien. Um, and the only other thing that like mm-hmm. really, really hit me hard was um, the TV show Falling Skies, if you're familiar with that, on TNT. Uh, it, it ended a couple years ago. I never ago. watched it. Oh, man. It. Parts of it were so good. A lot of it was so not. But, um, yeah, it had, um, but so, so one of the core conceits of falling skies is that basically a new species of alien would be introduced at the end of every season for like, at Hmm. first when the movie start, like the first season, it's pretty much them versus these like skittering, um, spider centaur alien things. And you get to the end of, mm-hmm. of that season, and then it's revealed that they're actually working for these other, like, overlord aliens. And then you get to the next season, and at the end, um, these new aliens show up. But these ones are all good guys who are like, you know, the the bad guys have destroyed our planet, and they're coming to destroy your planet too now, so we're here to help you fight back. And then... The next season, there's like another race of like, well, like actually those um, those spidery alien type things are actually genetically modified versions of us. And we're another group of good aliens, but they killed us all and stole all of our DNA and turned themselves into these stronger monsters because of it and stuff. And it just like thinking about it now, it definitely hits a lot of those similar plot points of like 
these bad guys are coming and harvesting sure. other people's DNA, making themselves stronger to conquer planets. And then there's another group who's like, hey, um, you know, we disagree with the idea that humans should be destroyed. So, like, we're going to come and help you guys out and give you the technology. Uh, and I just haven't gotten to talk about Falling Skies in a while, too. So that was another <laughs> example. Of that. Man, parts of that show were so good. Oh, like, I... I remember hearing it was really good. I just never got around it was, to it. it. It had a really good cast, and it would just like super go off the rails a lot because they yeah. just kind of had to keep turning. And like the um, God, like the, the the final season is just such a travesty, like so bad compared to <laughs> like like it had jumped the shark like four times already, and the whole ending is just so disgusting i can't imagine like like steve originally when they started there was a big deal it was like a steven spielberg production i can't imagine he stayed like involved in that like after the first episode but oh yeah he was oh yeah just like the the minute they like finish like writing his name he's like all right cool i I think i've my work here is done but yeah i don't really have anything uh like like that was worth mentioning just because it's the only other really good example i know of of a we're teaming up with these aliens to fight these aliens kind of thing um but i wish that was a better example there like it felt like such a tired trope that i was astounded that i couldn't like easily find more examples of it yeah we're gonna we're gonna think of some after we finish recording for sure Clearly, this is the movie that that deserves a Um, follow-up episode. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I I could keep talking for hours. Um, Let's go ahead and do the finish puzzle then. Uh, So our final list here is Aliens vs. Predator 2, Independence Day. One and two. Aliens. Yeah, oh, that's right. Independence Day 1 and 2. Jurassic Park, Avengers Age of Ultron, The A-Team. Black Dynamite, The Accountant, Falling Skies, and Con Air. <laughs> so uh, let, let's uh, let's finish this thing up. Any other uh, any other things you wanted to mention or talk about with this uh, this ridiculous movie? I don't know, Matt. So like, I walked into this expecting to despise it, like really hate it. Um, you know, you, you had already been shit talking it a decent amount. Everyone else had already been shit talking a decent amount. I saw Mm -hmm. it with my dad who happened to be in town and my dad was like, you know, pretty into those movies back in the day. Um, and then when, when it was done, I turned to him and I was like, I don't know about you, but like, I really enjoyed like the first half, first two thirds of it. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I I thought it was Mm -hmm. pretty good until the end too. Um, and even the end was fine it was just rushed and poorly done it wasn't it wasn't bad it was just rushed i felt um so and and i think that was you know that may have been because i didn't have much nostalgia for the franchise i and i and i do think going into it having seen your like warning about like I think this is just what 80s movies actually were like. We just didn't notice. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know, sort of makes sense. And especially like the idea of like what is Predator in a post the Expendables world kind of thing? Like because seriously, that's a good point. And, and I, I don't know if Predators came out in a post Expendables world. I don't remember when those came out relative to each other, but like there was sort of the discussion back when Predators came out about like, oh, Predator used to be about like the toughest dudes of all time. 
And now we've got fucking Adrian Brody and the kid from that 70s show as like main people in a Predator movie. And I didn't I didn't really feel that with this one, even though it wasn't like dudes who were like I watch a lot of Always Sunny and they constantly talk about how Predator is like pound for pound the most muscle mass on any like cast in an action movie. And like that's not what you're getting with this Predator. But no. I still had a lot of fun mm. with it, and it, I still, it, I, it still kind of gave me that feeling of watching, like, like the same kind of feeling that, like, I love Point Break, and I watch Point Break, and that is like pure machismo in a movie that isn't about dudes who are jacked. And I sort of got the same vibe yeah, yeah. from this movie about like no one here is super <laughs> jacked, but they are all just like snorting testosterone, like. At all times. And um, uh, in the Piece of Get Together podcast, um, Facebook group, which everyone should join, we recently shared uh, a video where uh, Nicolas Cage does a retrospective of all of his movie roles. And he specifically talks about how, like, when filming Con Air, like, everyone would, like, sneak up and, like, do push-ups between sets to try to seem tough. And apparently, uh, during the filming of Predator 1... Um, all the cast members would wake up at like three in the morning to work out because none of them wanted to be caught working out by any of the other ones. Cause they were all kind of trying to like act like it was all natural. Cause everyone was just like that insecure about their physique and stuff like that. And this didn't kind of seem well, they're around Arnold. So I'm yeah. on. <laughs> and, and this didn't necessarily seem like a movie where any of those actors would have been doing that, but they still kind of embodied that like, mood that actors doing that would carry across and like i'm, I'm sure like yeah, keegan michael Keegan yeah. worked his ass off to like get jacked for this movie or whatever but like it didn't necessarily matter for the characters or anything like that but they still sure. you know walked and talked like they did and it didn't it didn't feel like it was fronting it did very much feel like yeah. it, it took some modern sensibilities but then otherwise just straight up made a movie that would have been Predator if Predator didn't already exist. Exactly. Um, no, a, a lot of good points. And yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I strangely, I, I had yeah. fun with this movie. Absolutely. It, it's, it's just such a mess in almost every way, but it, I had a lot of fun with it. Obviously I have my theory on it, which I'm going to run with because I, I, I want to believe that because I love Shane Black. Um, so I'm just going to stick with it regardless of any contrary, uh, evidence. Um, one other thing I did want to ask yeah. you about before we wrap this thing up. Um, uh, so it seems like in all the descriptions yeah. of this movie, um, and also the trailer. So, I mean, I know this is what was happening, <laughs> but still, um, they say it's about a, a young boy who brings the predators to earth after receiving their their uh you know equipment and playing with it in his room um within the scenes of that happening in the movie i didn't get that at all no like, no oh you bit. know what I, and i i guess it's editing wise but i don't know i i wanted to call out i forgot to call out and and i was debating trying to do like i was almost debating doing like phantom menace as like a puzzle piece for this but the like over explaining of like predator culture the little bits like like all the scenes that had subtitles with the predators talking 
didn't need to be there <laughs> at all. There's like literally a scene where like the predator, the super predator is like talking to home base and he's like, I've hunted down the rogue agent, but like the cargo is missing. And it was like, <laughs> then another predator like texts him back and is like, are there any humans you can like ask what's up? And then he goes back like, yes, there are several human leads that I can follow. And it's like so unneeded. Like there has to have been a better way. When they, when they use the audio translator, I actually did laugh out loud when they used the audio I, I, translator. That was and such so a dumb were, scene. The, they were just straight up. There was such a English. dumb scene. But on the other oh hand, I, I had this conversation with my dad walking home from the movie is I think, they 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 needed to find a way for the predator to say i'm giving you a 10 minute head start because that's a very predator thing to do and yeah. that's kind of like a cool badass thing but then they stopped and then we're like wait predators yeah. don't really speak english how are we going to do this and they tried to work backwards from the and i'm sure there was like a moment where like there was no dialogue just a timer started and they yeah. were like what's going on and then like sterling k brown went like He's giving us a head start. Like, they must have tried a bunch of different ways. And then, like, that somehow was the least bad. Because I don't think there's any good way for a predator to stop and have a rational conversation with you to then tell you it's going to eviscerate you in, like, 45 seconds. So, like, that, like, I, I don't blame them for doing what they did with the translator. God. I actually forgot oh, about that boy. until you brought yeah, it up. Yeah, I think we could just chalk all this up to just... Yeah, it's just just messiness. That's what it all comes down to. Oh man, I can't to, wait for the but, Zack uh, Snyder extended cer edition. Certainly fun. I, w I wonder if the uh, oh, alternate yeah, ending, like any great. footage of it, is going to come about or whatever. Because like I'm, I think Shane Black's been pretty forward about like what that content was that was missing, and I even think he doesn't disagree. I think he was kind of like, yeah, it didn't necessarily feel like Predator at the end, and. Yeah, if it had a different yeah. ending, I don't necessarily know that the movie would have felt like Predator because you know, I, the first half kind of was a little bit Predator in the suburbsy, the way you were talking about how it didn't like fully fulfill on that promise. Like it, it didn't get super predatory right. until you know the last forty minutes or so, like all the stuff that was reshot. So I don't necessarily disagree with whoever's idea it was to do those reshoots. They just obviously didn't happen organically enough. But you are totally right. I am now remembering the commercial exactly. where it looks like the kid hits a button and then that summons the Predator. Um, I only saw one commercial yeah. for this movie. I went into it pretty blind. Um, I think it's in the synopsis too, though. Like, I think it's literally the synopsis to the film. When a young boy receives a piece of alien technology, he summons the Predator or something like that. Like, along those lines. And I'm like... I don't think that really happened. Like, at least they didn't show it like that. You know, it's just, but I think it's because they were trying to yeah. edit back and forth between scenes of him doing that and other stuff. Having not, so it's like they just totally uh, having not remembered it. exactly what it is. My best guess would be that maybe the kid, so like the, the evil pre or the, um, the rogue predator, like opened a hole in sl slip space and disappeared. Um, I'm wondering if it was the kids tinkering that accidentally sent a beacon to the super predator. So like the super predator didn't know where the rogue predator disappeared to until the kids set off right, a beacon right. or something. Maybe. Um, you know what? You know what, dude? You know what? Seriously? It all makes sense now. 
Everything is uh, the whole the whole movie is now like the whole last act. It all is good now because of that. I don't know. That's that's the best I can think of trying to do. I don't know. Shane Black forcing uh, kids into like I don't know. I've only also seen Iron Man three, so in my mind now, that's just what Shane Black does is unnecessarily inserts eleven year olds and people who want to fuck those 11 year olds into his movies i had to do it once i had to make that joke once and now we're good um but i don't know i had fun you should you should go see the predator if you're not precious about predators and stuff and exactly that's what it comes that's what it comes down to if you're if you're not the world's biggest predator fan just go see it and have fun um so uh let's wrap this thing up do you have anything you want to um i'm trying to think we uh you know cage fest is this week so as always um just watch as many nicholas cage movies as you can that's just general life advice for our listeners uh we got i agree overlord coming out soonish i think i've started seeing reviews for that does that mean it's coming out pretty soon we're gonna have to do uh we're gonna have to do Uh, that yeah that'll be I will save that one yeah, for you. Yeah, not a Cloverfield. Yeah, we'll talk about it as a Cloverfield. Because even if everything it's not, is a Cloverfield. That's... But, you know, <laughs> everything oh, I got you to say it with the A. Right. I, don't know, I don't know about the Predator. Oh, uh, right? uh, yeah, the, the Predator <laughs> is absolutely a Cloverfield. In that it, it was, but it was, like a, it was like a Cloverfield paradox more. <laughs> like, just a hot mess. Yes, that's that right. Was like, that's right. I my my goal is that eventually there will be enough Cloverfield movies out that we can do um an episode of piecing it together for a non Cloverfield movie where I exclusively compare it to Cloverfield movies. Like I can be like this is how it was like Cloverfield, this is how it was like 10 Cloverfield Lane, this is how it was like the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh-huh. Uh this one was a lot more like the Cloverfield Paradox. But, that- <laughs> but that's that's the end goal. The day that happens is the day I. That's when I end the show. <laughs> the season, for the series finale. Is the <laughs> Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. Start listening today, and remember... The Force will be with you, always. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Darty about The Predator. Um, I, I hope you go see it with the kind of mindset we had when we saw it. Um, it's not its not really a so-bad-it's-good movie, kind of like The Nun, which we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's more of a just turn-your-brain-off-and-it's-good kind of a movie. Um, I, I don't know if Shane Black would be, uh, would be flattered by that statement, but you know what? It is what it is. I still love the nice guys. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. So uh, that brings us to the end of today's episode. It was kind of a long one, actually, so I should probably keep this brief. Just remind you all, thank you for being subscribed to the show. And if you're not yet, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Pocket Casts, on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, a whole bunch of other apps. Make sure you get subscribed, rate and review, follow us on 
social media at PiecingPod. And with that, I just want to remind you, my new music video, Artificial, is now out on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes. And... You know what? It goes along with a little thing I mentioned here earlier in the show. Uh, I do have a new comedy rap album coming out. I try not to talk about that stuff too much because it's hugely offensive, the kind of offensive that was in this movie. So I guess it makes sense to talk about it. Um, but new album by Demise and D-Rocks, which is one of my many comedy rap projects, it is uh, called D&D Talks. That's the name of the album. It's a play on the uh, Dr. Dre Detox uh, album that's been delayed for like 20 years or something and of course you're not supposed to explain jokes because then they become not funny and that's what i just did but oh well but anyway this song uh is one of the songs from that new album i think the one that makes the most sense to play because i think the predator himself would like it is i'm a killer i'm a killer
and All Points West. Thank you.